0: When you're at the driving range looking at amateur golfers, how many of them do you see doing the right thing? Zero. Zero. In this series, I'm trying to break par for the first time in my life over the next seven weeks. Follow along and see if I fall on my face doing it or break through a huge golf milestone.
1: My name is Brian Mogg. I. Played college golf at Washington State. Graduated in 2018, and from there, I decided I always wanted to try to face the tour, get on the PGA Tour. So I moved down to Arizona, fall of 2018, and then it was time to go play Q School. So I went and played PGA Tour Latino America Q School. I flew all the way to Brazil to play the course that the Olympics were at. You remember that golf course? Oh yeah, yep. And I was four over through six holes to start Q school. And mm-hmm. it was a tough golf course. You probably had to shoot around like one over par was what was in my head, around even to, to get some status. And I fought back and I, I got status and I played a full season on PGA Tour Latin America. So that was kind of the start of my pro career. And at the time I was playing full time. I wasn't coaching. Played a full season on Latin America and I learned a ton, but I didn't hit the golf ball very well. So I kind of kept searching for different coaches and that's what led me down the rabbit hole of learning about the golf swing because everybody knows there's a bunch of different ways to swing it and what works for one person might not work for somebody else. And so through that journey of working with different coaches, I kind of started to develop my own swing philosophies and what I believe. And then over the last few years, I've transitioned into coaching. I love coaching. It's one of my favorite things to do, help people try to get better. Because I know how hard this game is, and it's very difficult to get better if you're not working on the right things or you're not practicing the right way or you're not thinking the right way. Like, there's so many different ways to get better. So, that kind of led me down the journey to coaching. And now I'm a full time coach who is going to get back into playing at some point here in the next few years. That's my goal.
0: Understanding the golf swing is a very mental challenge. I run a content company, and I was like, well, hey, Brian, if you're going to be coaching me, help me get to that big milestone of like consistently shooting under par. You know, let's let's put the microphone and the camera on and just you know, watch me fall on my face trying to, you know, shoot an under par round which I've never done or, you know, or or get there. Yeah. So,
1: my goal when I coach is, is I take a look at somebody's swing. I have them give me input on what their ball flight's like right now. What you're going to see is when the shaft is parallel to the ground on the downswing, your clubface angle is aimed more at the sky. Okay. The shaft parallel position on the downswing, your, your clubface is aimed at the sky, which tells me it's open. Okay. Yeah. And if we compare that to Rory's swing, Rory's clubface is aimed more at the golf ball than it is the sky. It's aimed yeah. more down at the ground. And from that position, all Rory has to do is turn. In your case, you have to make compensations for that because you do a bunch of things really, really well on your swing. So you do a good job of shallowing the club, which allows you to rotate through the strike. Now, when the club face gets open, that's kind of the missing piece to the puzzle. So I try to figure out what's the simplest way to fix what's going on. And in your case, it's just getting the club face a touch more closed. And this is something a lot of everyday golfers struggle with, they get the club face too open. And there's really two ways to go about closing down the club face. It's strengthening the grip, that's going to close the club face, or we can add some lead wrist flexion. Okay, so picture Colin Moore or Dustin Johnson. Can you, you know their wrist yep. angles at the top? Yep. It's kind of bowed like this. Yep. So the more bowed we are, the more closed the club face is. The more cupped we are, the more open the club face is. And in your case, your wrist is very, very flat. So that tells me that your grip is just too weak. Now, you can get away with a weak grip as long as we match that with more bow. So I don't like to tell guys, hey, you have to do it this way because there's multiple ways to do it. I want you to decide which way feels the best for you. It might be strengthening the grip or it might be keeping the grip and just adding a little bit of lead wrist flexion is the technical term for that, which is going to get the club face much more closed. So if we pull up Rory's swing, you're going to see from this face on view, you can see what kind of glove he has. I didn't know what kind of glove you're playing. Right. Okay, you got a foot joy. But show me your old grip.
0: Well, I I do this and then I cheat.
1: And then you go back.
0: Then I like, I cheat back to here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. And it's because you're comfortable there. So now that would be, I would like to see somewhere kind of in the middle. In between that and in between your old grip. Just a little bit stronger. It doesn't have to be a lot. Right. So somewhere right around in there, a cool thing you can do is you can actually draw a line okay, on your glove. And then you just place the grip on that line, wrap your hand over. That's a really good cheat for gripping it correctly. Yes. So you could draw like a line and then you just place the grip right over that line, wrap your hand over.
0: But you want it there.
1: Yes. I would say more in the fingers and then you wrap your... Yep. More in the fingers is going to make it stronger and the club face is going to be more closed. And from there, you don't have to close it later in the downswing. Now, one of the biggest challenges to a swing change that players go through is that it feels uncomfortable. And this is where the mental game comes in. Because when you change anything in your swing, you're so comfortable swinging the way that you swing making any change is going to feel different and it's going to feel uncomfortable and that's where people want to run. And so I try to set the expectation, hey, for the next week, you making that grip change is going to feel uncomfortable. So accept that. But being uncomfortable is a good thing. In life, in golf, that's how we make improvements. That's how we make changes. That's how we get better. And if we're too comfortable, we're not going to get better. Yeah, I tell all my players that making a swing change is going to feel uncomfortable. Okay, Anything new you do, any challenge you face, it's going to be uncomfortable. But being uncomfortable is a good thing. That means you're making the changes. And that's where the mental game plays into all of this, is guys want to be comfortable. They just want to swing their over-the-top, open-face swing, and they don't want to go through the one month of being uncomfortable doing the opposite of that. Dropping and inside learning these new movements so they don't end up making the changes. So, just accepting the fact that for the next week, this grip change is going to feel uncomfortable. But if you stick with it, it will start to become more comfortable and then you're going to be a better player for
0: it. You said something on that video. You said it's going to take 300 swings, 300 balls. Yep. And what frustrates me about a lot of golf lessons is like you go, you get good feedback and you get, you need to change your grip. You need your grip to be stronger, right? I am not David Goggins' discipline. I am a normal <laughs> dude. Yep. yep. So, but I do, my brain responds well. If you say, All right, Malcolm, we're going to make mama's spaghetti. like right, we're going to make your mama's spaghetti. And here's the five ingredients you need, put them in in this order. This is another mental game thing. I need to be so focused and intentional every one of those 300 swings. And exactly. the ROI of each of those swings is like is much higher than if I'm just. No, I, yeah, I hit a hundred balls, but how many really was I really focused on getting that grip change?
1: So for you, okay, this first week is going to be focused on getting comfortable with the grip change, which means before every swing, you're going to make sure that you place that grip perfectly, and you're going to be thinking a lot about the grip change when we're early stages of making a swing change it's okay to think, okay? It's okay to think about what you're doing. And then the goal is eventually you don't have to think about it all because on the golf course, we don't want to be thinking. We need to be thinking about the important things. And so for you, okay, I say the number is 300 to 500 balls in the first week. Your net is going to be your best friend in the early stages. Too many golfers, they start to make a swing change and they expect results right away. Now you're not gonna be used to the stronger grip. You've learned to hit it straight with a weak grip, even though your miss tends to be to the right. So the stronger grip, probably for the first week, you're gonna hit some hooks. You're gonna hit some hooks and then we're gonna fix that. And then boom, you're gonna be hitting hitting lasers. But for the first week, you're gonna hit hooks. That's why the net is perfect because it takes the results away. You don't care where the ball goes when you're hitting into the net, correct? So it makes it way easier to focus on the changes so knowing that you have a net i would say the net is, is a feature meet- not a bug yeah it's
0: not, it's not it's better than going to the range
1: it is in the for the first right. week of a swing change then you're going to get comfortable boom and then after the first week then we're going to go to the range and we're going to do about 70% technique work and 25% skill work in week 2 so week 1 okay let's recap yep. week 1 is 100% technique your goal is to separate yourself from the results, okay? You don't care where the golf ball's going. You don't care how you're hitting it. You're just trying to get those reps in. Week two is going to be 75% technique focus, 25% skill focus. So then we're going to start to care a little bit about where the ball's going, and we're going to worry about ball flight feedback. I want, I want to kind of put you through how I prepped for Q School. When I played PJ Tour Latin America Q School, or I played PJ Tour Canada Q School. And I successfully got status on those tours. Like the system that I have found that works best for me, we're going to put you through that. And we're going to see how it does. Worst case scenario, you're going to learn. You're going to be better. You might not get the job done, which is how it is at Q School. Some weeks you prepped right, leading up to it, and you just didn't hit the ball very well. But we're going to do the best that we can to, to get you there. And so like the system that's worked for me is you start, say, seven weeks leading up the first few weeks, you're trying to get the technique in line so that that's good because you don't want to be fixing your technique too close to the event. It's never a good thing. So you like fix the little technique things. And then as you get closer and closer, you start to play more. You start to do more skill work on the golf or on the range where you're hitting, Shots to different targets, you're saying, okay, 150 yards. I can't miss left of this pin. So you're trying to aim a little bit right. That's how golf is. Tuck left pin with water, you can't aim right at the pin. And so we'll start to transition to that. And then we're actually going to put you through a couple rounds before that that matter. Where if you shoot the if you shoot the score you want, you win. If not, there's going to be a consequence for that. And so I think that's the best way to prep for something that matters.
0: Let's figure that out.
1: Okay. So here's your plan. Are you ready? Yep. Every morning, you're going to wake up. You're going to spend five minutes in the mirror, making sure your grip is good and you can see more of the logo. Okay. So this is going to be you learning how to grip it correctly. Because a lot of times, golfers will make a grip change and they think they made it, but it's not sure. So you being able to see more of the logo means you made the change. There you go. Yep. So we want to be able to see some of that logo. So five minutes a day just checking that in the mirror. Then we know you're gripping it correctly because if your grip changes, you're not really gonna make any progress. We need to grip it exactly the same every single time. So five minutes into the mirror, checking things. Then your goal for the first three days is 100 balls a day into the net. And your focus, your goal is to not worry about the results. You're not thinking about how you hit it. You're not thinking about your contact. All you're trying to do is get used to that grip change. And then the second thing that I want you to do while you're hitting into the net, I sent you that video this morning talking about tempo. Okay. Tempo is very, very important, especially when we make a swing change because it feels uncomfortable. So the tempo tends to get a little bit quick and the best analogy I have for the tempo of the golf swing is it needs to match a kid on a swing set. So have you ever pushed your kid on a swing set? Yep. So. This is the backswing and this is the downswing. A kid on a swing set would never go all the way up super slow and then change direction really quick. It would be flowing. It would have some rhythm to it. It's not going to change direction super, super fast. Mm -hmm. So while you're hitting into your net, I also want you to just be focusing on your tempo because tempo, that is the glue to the golf swing on the golf course. If you swing it great and then all of a sudden you get on the golf course and you're nervous, tempo gets off, you're going to hit the ball bad. And so, just adding this tempo practice in to the grip change is going to help you make the change a lot.
0: Okay,
1: that's going to be your focus for the first three days. Hundred balls into the net, also five minutes with the what mirror making sure the grip is good. You can use use every club: hit pitching wedge, hit seven iron, hit driver. You want to get used to swing changes with, how with many, every single how, club.
0: Like, let's be like you know, you look at a recipe. It's like yep, you know, two spoon, two teaspoons of sugar. Yep, you no. Know, you know, two tablespoons of salt. What, what let's be really specific. Okay. So a hundred shots. There's actually a great article, a great lesson we just covered in the daily drive, which was inside the imagine golf app. Nick price is working with David Ledbetter and he was like eight years on tour. He was struggling and he was thinking, I know I'm better than this. And he went to David Ledbetter and Nick price was accomplished, but he wasn't winning. And he made a couple of small swing changes, but what he said was, "Go to the driving range uh, and oh no." So what what Nick Price was going to do? He said, "Great, I'm going to go to the driving range. I'm going to work through his bag and retrain his swing with a driver, hybrids, long irons, short irons." But Ledbetter said, "No, one club, eight iron." He said, "We used those giant buckets to hold 250 balls. I emptied three or four a day. Eight iron, eight iron, eight iron." David said there was no point hitting other clubs until you learn to hit one right, and. Nick price said, I literally wore a hole in the face of my eight iron. So that's like another, I really, that really resonated with me. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. it simplifies things as well. So an amateur, you know, we, we just, we, it's just, it's a, it's a hard game. So anything that can simplify it. So what do you think about that technique of just, okay, a hundred, you're going to hit a hundred eight irons It worked for Nick price. So he went on and he won the PGA championship and then. A couple years later, he won six times, including two more majors. And he looked back and he said, you know, when I was making that change and I was trying to find myself again, I just, I just every eight iron perfect, you know, I tried to get to every eight iron when the technique was perfect. Do you you disagree with that? Or is that like,
1: so I would say I partially disagree with that. And here's why Um, I think that can work. But a lot of the students that I coach, I give them a drill to work on. And they do it with an eight iron and then they go out and they play and they're like my driver swing looks nothing like my eight iron swing and the reason is driver is the hardest club to make a swing change with it's going to be the last one to stick now if you practice the swing change into a net where the where the results don't matter you can actually make the swing change decently quick with all the clubs not just the eight iron and so that's why i like with the network hitting into a net, you can do every single club because you're not too worried about the results when you do it. Uh, Now, if we were on a range, if you only had access to a range and you don't have a net, learning the movements with an eight iron is actually a good way to do it because a lot of guys get too discouraged when trying to make the swing change with driver because they don't make the change and then they're stuck somewhere in the middle and they hit it terrible. So I don't fully disagree with that method. But I think using all clubs, because then you're getting comfortable with the new changes with all clubs. Yeah. So that's my take.
0: All right. Well, I think there's a, to be really specific then, 100 shots a day, uh, there's 14 clubs, you know, I'm not going to be putting here. Well, let's just say there's like 10 clubs, right? The irons of my driver. So 10 10 shots each. Yep. So here's, I would say,
1: I would say, yeah, work the way through the bag. If you want to get a little more specific, you could do, I'd hit 10 sand wedges and then i go to like a nine iron, hit 10 nine irons, hit 10 seven irons, 10 five irons, 10 three woods, 10 drivers, and then finish the rest of the hundred off with a seven iron because it's a very neutral club. But that way you're working through the bag, you're comfortable with the changes because a grip change on a seven iron, it's going to feel a little bit different with the driver because the ball position is different. Mm-hmm. So you might as well get comfortable with it with all clubs. Okay. So that's going to be your structure. I would just work up to the bag, 10 balls at a time until you get to 100. And then the whole time you're focused on grip and okay. you're focused on tempo. That's two simple things. And the reason I want to introduce the tempo thing is because when it's time to play, when it's your cue school your focus is going to be tempo and target. You're not even going to have to think about the grip change. Tempo and target is the best way to play good golf because it allows you to do. Yeah, yeah, because it allows you. So guys I've worked with, they try to make a swing change and then they go play and they're thinking about the swing change on the golf course. And then they're stuck kind of in limbo land because the swing change doesn't feel comfortable. And they're really trying to hit the golf ball at a target by moving their body a certain way, which is not the way to do it. You know how hard it is to shoot a free throw if you're thinking about, okay, push my arm and then flick my wrist. You just do it. You know, like I've seen countless videos of Steph Curry shooting one foot shots with his right hand and then his left hand because he's working on his technique because he knows he can't be thinking about technique when it's game time. And so that tempo and target focus is what allows us to be free and get outside of our selves and be externally focused so that we can focus on target. We can focus on making decisions. We can actually play golf rather than play golf swing. And so that's, there's, there's a lot of mental stuff that goes into making a swing change and competing. And it just has to do with your approach leading up to that.
0: you can't think your way to tempo if you haven't done no. the work off the course. Exactly. So especially exactly. if there's a swing change. So that, that is a big like mental concept there is if you want to bring your, if you want your mind to be clear and your body to move fluidly, which the golf swing needs in the right sequence and you're making a swing change, that is impossible if you haven't done the work know with those 300 balls those 500 balls yep and and that's the difference between scoring and not scoring is when you're over a shot if in your mind over that shot you are thinking strengthen my grip you know make sure you you know bring it back inside that's you're not you're thinking golf swing and you're not thinking golf shot you're not thinking tempo and timing you're thinking technique you're not sorry you're not thinking tempo and target you're thinking technique exactly
1: exactly i know the most nervous I've ever been on a golf course was the last few holes of Q school. I was right on the number. I just had to par in. I had to par the last three holes. Now I birdied one of the last three, but I was so nervous. And if I would have been trying to do something with my body, there's just no way when you're that nervous, you can hit good shots. And so my whole thing was target, target, target. When in doubt, no matter how nervous I was, no matter how much I wanted to focus on all the bad things, I just recentered myself on target. What's the shot? 157 yards, the pin's right. Okay, my target's like this little tree towards the middle of the green. That's my target. I'm just focusing there. And when you have your focus on that, golf gets easy. When our focus is on all the wrong things, golf gets so hard.
0: Let's assume that I have 30, 18 holes, a two-putt every hole. That's 36. So mm-hmm. we another 36 shots, right? 36 shots and that I'm going to swing the club. So in a normal round of golf, my flippy swing that's open and relies on a lot of timing 36 mm-hmm. times, I would need to time it pretty darn perfect with my yep. old swing. Yep. Now doing that 36 times is really hard. Even if you're Phil Mickelson, yeah. who, who has a handsy swing. Now I have a handsy swing. Almost every amateur golfer I know has a handsy swing. What you're doing to help me get better is saying, we're going to take your swing from a handsy swing to a A fundamentally strong swing that doesn't, you're not Mm -hmm. going to rely on timing 36 times around. You're going to rely on technique, but that technique is not going to be trained on, is not going to, you're not going to have to think about the technique. You're going to get, but with your current swing, what you were saying, and this is again, Penny's dropping here as we're talking, you could shoot under par, but your timing is going to have to be phenomenal. Why why make it hard on yourself?
1: Exactly. So, a cool little story. When I played on Latin Tour, I, my swing was not as good as it is now. I used to, I could have days where I striped it and I could have days where I had no idea where the golf ball was going. There was a lot of timing. Okay. I shot 78 round one in this tournament in Brazil. No idea where the golf ball was going. Round two, I managed to get into a good headspace and started striping it. I shot 63 and missed the cup by one. And that's what can happen. We can play great golf with the handsy swing, but your bad golf is going to be worse. And my goal as a coach is to make everybody's bad golf better to where if you have a day where you play bad on the golf course, I want you shooting 78, 79 still. I don't want an 86. And Victor, you know, Victor Hovland's golf swing? Yeah. So Victor's arguably... One of the best drivers of the ball and ball strikers on the PJ tour. He has the lowest rate of club face rotation. His club face is square for the longest amount of time. So he has the least amount of opening and closing. Yep. And he hits incredibly well. You never see Victor just hit one 50 yards right. You see Phil do it. You see some other guys do it, but Victor doesn't do that because so his golf swing his is so late. good.
0: What is let's talk about that for a second? Because you know yeah. Mo Norman.
1: Yep. He so- same thing.
0: Mo Norman saying that he was supposedly the best golf, best ball striker of all time, according to Tiger Woods and many others. And he he was the straightest. Now that's what I'm looking for. I want to be the straightest. I don't care about being the longest. So, but what, what is that? So you're saying the degree of rotation, you you have Mm -hmm. to have some, right? You can't, it can't. You do have to have some. No, no, you do have to have some.
1: But if this is the golf ball, and we're coming into the golf ball, we're almost there. And the club face is still wide open. You have to stop your body and close it. And while this club face is closing, you're entering the ball and you hope you closed it correctly. You hope you closed it the good amount. Now, if the club face is more square, it doesn't have as much rotation. It's going to be easier to repeat that. Or when you're nervous or whatever, it's just easier to square it out.
0: Is there a number there that's like, like if you say Hovland is the best, it's like my kind of you know, Bryson brain is thinking like, what is the optimal? I know you can probably see this on like, you know, though, so, OMO cameras and stuff.
1: Yeah. So I, I don't know if there's necessarily an optimal number, but the optimal position, when the shaft is parallel to the ground, we want the club face angle. So stop at shaft parallel on the downswing where the shaft is parallel to the ground. Okay. We want that club face at that position to match the angle of our spine. Okay. So it needs to match our spine because from there, all you have to do is turn. You don't have to do any more closing. If the club face is open, like the swings that you sent me, you have to manipulate the club face somewhere in the downswing. And that's what can lead to the inconsistencies where all of a sudden, Hey, I shot 34 on the front nine, but then I shot 46 on the back. I'm sure you've done that.
0: (laughs) That, that is what every golfer who comes to imagine golf is every amateur golfer is dealing with. But I don't think they understand that like i'm 44 years old and been working on my game for a long time and i've never had this conversation with any coach it's like you're people say you have grips too weak but this is why i love your mind is you're like let me explain why that matters and it's like so a weak grip means that you have more club face rotation you know in coming into impact which Mm -hmm. means you have to use your hands more stop your body So for sure, this is taking distance off of me, right? Because I'm like, oh,
1: that's, you don't have as much forward shaft lean and impact on your iron. You don't compress them because you have to flip it and you release it. So then your hands aren't very ahead at impact. So yes, 100%, it's going to affect your distance.
0: I'm literally hitting the brakes. Yep. You have to hit the the brakes. brakes. You
1: have to stop.
0: Right. But if, but
1: if you just tried to not hit the brakes, if you're like, I got to keep rotating with that open club face, you're in trouble. Going
0: right. Yeah, it's going right. All right. Going right. So let's wrap up here. But I think lesson one, a huge part of this is understanding my golf swing and what, it's not a grip change that, yes, it's a grip change, but what you've helped me understand is understand my golf swing and what, Mm -hmm. what is going on in my golf swing uh, that's good and, Mm -hmm. and that's bad. And unlike every other golf lesson I've ever had. Really talking through what is the cause and effect of that so it's going to make me work a lot harder on changing my grip because I understand now the relationship between that weak grip and the timing and I don't yep. I don't want a strong grip but I do want
1: stable clubface
0: stable club face. yeah I don't want a stable club face but I do want to shoot under par yep. so so it's all about like it's, it it's all time reactions let's do this so. let's
1: do it let's do it Are you- Your goal this week. Don't worry about
0: the results. All right, it's Malcolm Scoville. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. And I got three quick asks. Number one, type in a question. If you have one for Brian or me, right here in the comments inside the Imagine Golf app. Number two, follow at Imagine Golfers on Instagram and Facebook, and also X, formerly known as Twitter. And number three, tap that share button and share this podcast with a golfer in your life. Keep imagining what's possible and we'll see you back here tomorrow.